the end of the day, listen, we're in a big boy game. We need to grow up, we need to put a big boy pants on, get on with it. At the end of the day, we're up for the fight, we know what we've got to do. Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Preview Podcast. It's playoff time and it would be fair to say it's perhaps the biggest playoff semi-final ever in League One. As two giants of the division face off, starting with the first leg on Friday, we welcome Sheffield Wednesday to the Stadium of Light. At this level, to be honest, the stakes couldn't be much higher and of course we'll be here to preview and review what will hopefully be a successful playoff campaign for Sunderland. And to join me to preview the upcoming semi-final is returning guest James from the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. It's Tuesday night as we currently speak, James. Um, as you can tell by me speaking in rapid time, um, how are the nerves? Mine aren't good. Um, it, it, I don't know what, it's, it's a weird one. Um, I, I am nervous because, you know, I would have loved to have gone up automatic um but you know the, the way that we've been playing you know we're in, on decent form i don't want to say i'm confident because i come across as a bit bit cocky and arrogant but you know there is there is a bit of confidence there i think it's nervous excitement let's put it uh, let's put it that way that's probably the easiest way to describe it for both of us to be fair it kind of feels nice doesn't it to have like a big game and that sounds like the most arrogant big team in league one thing ever but like it feels like a big game between two big clubs that could potentially happen in the Premier League in the past, well, yeah, it is a Premier League fixture when you look at it. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no two ways about it, you know. And it, and it has been a Premier League fixture, um, but yeah, you know, we've, we're both sat in League One. We don't really want to be there, you know. The amount of times people say, especially when we're on Sky Sports, you know, big club, you know, sleeping giant, and all that sort of stuff. It, you know, I, I don't, I don't want people to say that. I, I'd much prefer to be in the Championship or or in the Premier League. I mean, I think some some fans. Um, of us kind of hold on to the you know, the fact that we are a Premier League club, but I said, well, we haven't been there for over twenty years, so you know, I'm thirty three, so that's that's more than you know, that's more than half of my life that we've not been in the in the Premier League. So I think you have to be, get be a bit more realistic. But yeah, you know, we we don't belong in uh, in League One to be truth be told, um, and we're trying as best to to get out of it. I think if we're both Stephen Giants, we're more like comatose Giants at the moment. Aren't we? I think to be fair, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, we'll go straight from the top, as we always do. We'll look at your most recent game. It was a thumping win. I was down at Morecambe and seeing you were getting beat 1-0. And I was like, oh, brilliant. That's decent for us. That means we'll get them sort of at home in the second leg and then you go on and win 4-1. But how was the performance? Uh, it, on the whole, it was a good performance. Um, we set off, I think, I mean, there was a, it was a packed tower at Hills, but there were 30, 33,500 there, which was, you know, which was great. The atmosphere was fantastic. You know, the atmosphere was you know, the best atmosphere that we've had all, all season, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I think the they kind of got a bit, you know, overawed by the occasion in the first 10, 10 or so minutes. They scored after four minutes and, you know, the, the passes were, were going astray. But then after that, I think, they, you know, we, we got into the game and, and for the next eight, uh, we were we were on top. You know, apart from their goal, I don't think they had another chance in the uh, in the first half. And, and yeah, we before this season, we'd not won from behind at all since I think it was 2019 and away from from home that was 2016 and we've done it four times and we did it against Fleetwood just the just the game before as well so it was it, when we would I think it was a good that we went behind 
so early on, uh, which meant that we, you know we've got another eighty minutes of of football to play and you know just play the way that we have been playing. I mean, we have been scoring a lot of goals, and like I said, we have been in in decent form. You know, we slipped up against Wickham, but you know it was um, the thing is. The pressure was coming, and, and and you could you could sense that we were going to get a goal. And one thing that that we did on Saturday that we perhaps haven't done in other occasions in the season is made that pressure count. You know, we were we were getting forward. The final ball wasn't great, but you could see that we were you know we were the pressure was mounting, and it was just good to to make it count. And you know, we went in and at half time we were three one up, and I'd kind of forgotten about um, Plymouth for playing MK. I, I was just thinking, oh God, you know, we were. Losing and the, I think I just thought the other, all the other teams is, are going to beat whoever they're playing. I know you scored fairly early on, but you know the, the fact that when it was three one and we looked at the other results, it was uh, it was a bit of a relief, let's say. Yeah, it was a weirdly calm half time when I seen that Plymouth were getting absolutely walloped. I was like, oh well, fair enough. It's a bit of anticlimax to be fair at the end, wasn't <laughs> it? Like when you look at it like that, I mean, great for us, I suppose. But you know, when you look at it from a neutral point of view, uh, the fact that Plymouth got walloped uh, made it pretty straightforward really in the end didn't it there was kind of a feeling of after about 60 minutes like did I need to come to Morecambe did I really need to go to Morecambe I convinced myself yes I did but yeah nonetheless I know what you mean I think for me like the big thing that came out of Sunderland's game on Saturday was the injury to one of our main men Nathan Broadhead um, and as soon as I complained about that someone went I but Barry Bannon just been took off and he's taken a knock for for Chef Wed, which is probably equally as big um, obviously, we'll, we'll know by Friday and we might know a little bit more tomorrow and Thursday. But at the time of speaking, James, uh, what's the latest update on Barry Bannon? Uh, absolutely nothing. And I'm pretty certain that that's going to probably stay the same right up until, um, you know, what, 6.45 on, on Friday when the team news is announced. Um, yeah, it, it went down. I mean, I don't know if you've seen what happened, but it, I think it's about 80 minutes in. I can't remember exactly, but it goes on a on a... A crazy run, which probably fifty or sixty yard run. You know, his little legs um, carried him all the way, and he's got about three players around him trying to tackle him, and it was totally unnecessary, but totally the thing that Barry Bannon just likes to do. And and he's carried the ball, and then he, I think he offloads it to, to Josh Windass, and I can't remember if he gets tackled or not, but he, he goes down and, and and stays down, and you're just thinking, oh, Barry, what, why? Do you know, like, what what you're doing? Um, you know, there, there were some calls, you know, saying, you know, why have we? left some of our best players on and you know, I think we, at the time you know when people were saying that we'd not made a substitute so people were thinking you know Gregory uh, Bannon perhaps take them off obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing after the event but yeah he's he's, he's gone down he's, he's holding his hamstring I've, I've heard different reports I've, I've heard from someone that was that sits behind the dugout that, that when he when he sits down on the bench on the bench when he gets taken off he says um, I think I've done Miami um, but then Obviously, to do with the lap of honour at the end, it being the last game of the season, and he's walking around chasing his daughter and and everything like that. So then people are saying, you know, they've not, he's not iced it, they've not done anything. It's probably not as serious as what we first first think. But then, I've got um, on our podcast we have Giles Coke, who's a former former Wednesday player, and he has got um, contacts at the at the club as well. And he, he said that you know there's rumours that it's just cramp. But then I also asked about you know the injuries, and I said I said to Giles, I said if if it's a if he's done his hamstring, could he have done what he did after you know walking around and stuff? And he said, well, yeah, there's different grades, and if it's just a grade one, um, not not a tear, but just a strain, that would keep him out of the gate out of the game, and he would still be have been able to do the things that he was doing. So basically, you put two and two together, you get six, and we haven't got a clue whether he's playing on Friday or not. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I, yeah, we're the kind of same with Broadhead, to be honest. He's speaking on Twitch about how he's getting a scan and everyone's tuning into Twitch. And like, what did he say? He literally just said that. Hopefully, in terms of the spectacle, they're both fit from a Sunderland perspective. Hopefully, Broadhead's fit, Bayern isn't. But um, if he isn't fit, and I mean in the context of, you know, he might be fit as well. I think he will be personally. But how big of a blow would it be if he if he was to be ruled out of even just one of the games? Oh, absolutely massive. Like, he, we're not a one-man team. You know, I, I alluded to earlier at the fact that how many goals we've scored. Um, you know, there's 20 different goal scorers. You know, he's not there just to score goals. Obviously, he gets uh, assists as well. And, you know, he's, he's had nine goals and 12 assists this, this season. So, he is a... I'd be lying if I said he wasn't a, a key part of the team. And he's probably, you know, maybe Sunderland fans listening to this will disagree, but he's probably one of, if not the best player in the league. And we're so grateful to... Uh, to have him so yeah it'd be a massive miss um but then again you know um we, we have got other players that can that can step in like i said we, we, we're not just uh, a one-man team you know we've got uh fazeo della bashiru who's who, who played in the mk dons game you've you already referenced the fact that you watched that game and and you'll have seen that um he's a bit of a unit and what have you. No, he's not a, a direct replacement for barry bannon but you know he's certainly someone that could do a job um so yeah he, he's all the Wednesday fans said a little prayer on Saturday night, anyway, for for Barry Bannon and his and his hamstring, because yeah, we uh, we've certainly got a better chance of beating you with him in the side than we have without, and there's there's no uh, there's no shame in saying that. No, no, not at all. Um, on paper, Sunderland are the, the form team in the table, won in the past six or past ten games, either way you look at it. Chef Wed, not far behind us, one defeat in eleven. Um, Obviously, last time you came on the show was a good four or five months ago and we went on to then beat you 5-0, which obviously wasn't great. But it's fair to say that after that little wobble in the middle where it looked like you might end up mid-table, you've definitely hit form. What does that come down to? Uh, I mean, we've had, we've had players that have come back into the side. Obviously, we've been, we had a lot of injuries. And to be fair, we still we still have had injuries as well. But um, we, I think when we, when we last played, I think Darren Moore did, didn't know what his best, uh, his best 11 was. Um, Massimo Luongo coming back has been huge. He is, um, you know, he plays that like holding midfield role. Obviously, we play three-five-two um, with wing backs, so he plays the holding role alongside George Byers uh, and Barry Bannon tends to do what he wants, like in the number ten, but you know, floats about a little bit. But but yeah, Massimo Luongo. The thing is, it's not. He is a fantastic player, and he's you know. The tackles, have he's ranked highest for number of completed tackles in League One um, throughout the course of the season in in the whole league, not just for not just for us. Um, but he's, he's like I say, it's not just not just that. It's the fact that Barry Bannon trusts him, and when Barry Bannon's playing with Massimo Luongo, it allows Bannon to be further up the field. Um, when Mass is not playing, it's almost like he doesn't trust whoever whoever plays that role, and he feels like he has to do it himself, which is just a detriment to the um, to to the the rest of the team and, and the way we like to play and him as a an individual so yeah it, Bannon trusts Massimo Luongo um, he's you know incredibly good at what he does and that's one of the major differences and George Byers as well I've just alluded to him we had Dennis Adeniran, um who picked up an injury Deli Bashir who picked up an injury I think against uh, against Wickham and, and uh, when they came to our place and then since then, when Bias came in, because admittedly at the start of the season he wasn't great, um, but he came, he's come in and 
and it just it's almost like well we, we coin him the midfield three which is Bannon, Byers and Luongo that they, we don't call them by name it's just they, they come as a trio and and they've been fantastic this season and Gregory's been popping up with goals I've already you know eight goals in in eight in his last eight which is fantastic he's he's got 16 for the season not quite at the the dizzy heights of um of Stewart but he, he's got you know plenty of goals and goals that have been key as well in uh, in in the games that he has scored in, you know, match-winning goals and things like that. So, yeah, it, it, it's a strange one. Um, I think we've kind of played the same style of football. I don't think much has changed on that one. It's just that, you know, we've just been scoring a lot more goals. But the funny thing is as well, you speak to most Wednesdayites and we've missed some absolute howlers as well. So it could have been it could have been a lot, lot, a lot, lot more. I think as a, as a Sunderland fan, and hopefully Alex Neal is doing the same, you do look at, right, where Chef Red Week and stats are, just stats. I'm sounding like Lee Johnson here. Jesus, um, you're not going to start talking about XGA and things like that. God, I hope not. Um, if I ever do that, please, listeners, tell me I'm doing it and just cancel <laughs> me off. All right, uh, put me straight in the nearest bin because that will never happen on the show from my mouth. Um, basically, one thing I've noticed: you concede gold, uh, one clean sheet in your last eight. It's all right when you're winning, which is probably, I, I remember at the start of the season, we were conceding goals and we were like, ah, for winning games doesn't really matter. And ultimately, if you win 4-3, you win. <laughs> 1-0 is the, the same sort of scoreline. But from a Sunderland perspective, I, I'm looking at the goals you concede. Over the season, about the same as us, but over the last eight games, only one clean sheet. Is that a concern for Wednesday fans? Do you know what? You're mentioning that and I'm normally good on my stats and I did, I've not even realised that, that that's the case. Uh, maybe it is because, you know, they make games, we've drawn one, lost one and won the, the other six. So, like you just referenced to there, you know, when you're winning, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, we, we do concede goals. Um, set pieces are our nemesis. Um, we, we've, I, think, I, I, don't, I don't know what the exact number is, but it feels like we, we concede from every single set piece that we, that we try and defend, um, which is... You know, when you've got Darren Moore, who was a excellent defender in his playing days, it's, it does seem a bit strange that we that we do concede from from set pieces. But yeah, it, I said the fact that I don't even I've not even realised it is probably I've got to admit no, it's not really a concern because we are scoring goals. I mean, we conceded two against Fleetwood, went two one behind, and we've we've come back and won the game three two. So. Um, if if we can carry on doing that, I mean it is risky. Don't get me wrong. You know I'd much prefer to keep clean sheets, but then again, at the start of the season, I think we kept four, five clean sheets on the on the bounce, and uh, we were top of the league. But we were so boring to watch. Like we wasn't creating any chances. Now we're creating a hell of a lot of chances. It's something like forty odd, fifty odd uh, shots. Uh, on goal in the last like four games or something, it's it's ridiculous when you when you look at it. We have just got to convert his chances. Um, I think it's down to the the way that we we play as well, and 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 sometimes you know the the teams that we are coming up against. We you've probably seen it, especially in, you know you're probably now, but also you know in all your time in League One, teams that come to the stadium a lot, or they or they come to or the, when Sunderland go to their places, they. They kind of just defend and make it really difficult and frustrate, which is what we've what we've found, and we get drawn into that kind of uh, you know attacking and then get get caught on the counter attack. Yeah, um, in, in answer to your question, yeah, I would like it to be much better. But if we concede three but score four on Friday night, I don't really care to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like that, I suppose, as well. Sometimes um, on the flip side of that, as you kind of alluded to, you, you're quite free scoring. 
four goals against Pompey, three against Fleetwood, three against MK Dons, four against Cheltenham. Um, there's a lot of firepower in there. I think I touched on your podcast, which if people want to, they can listen to. The links will be dropped below. Um, the firepower that you have within your team concerns me. Berahino, who I forgot existed for a while, but obviously he's done all right. Uh, Lee Gregory, you've touched on already. Josh Windass is someone I know well from his time playing up in Glasgow. Um Callum Patterson as well is another player that's done well for Scotland. And not all of those players I'm mentioning are players that necessarily play every single week, but that's the kind of quality you have throughout your ranks. So who is the player who's most likely, especially in current form, of course, Sunderland, the most amount of problems? And, and what is the reason for you scoring so many goals? Is there a player that you put that down to? Uh, it's got to be Lee Gregory. He scored eight and eight, so including a hat-trick um, against Fleetwood on the penultimate game of the season. So he's... Obviously, he's been around the block for a bit, so some listeners will probably recognise that name from his time at Millwall and uh, and Stoke and what have you. And he's one of those players that, you know, his hold-up play is absolutely fantastic. I mean, if people want to watch the extended highlights for the for the Portsmouth game, there's one chance where he plucks the ball from. I think it's, I think the ball's come from the moon, you know, and and he, and he takes takes it out of the sky, and then in one one move lobs the keeper, and unfortunately just goes over the bar. But you know, if that goal had gone in, I I, I don't know what I'd have done in the stands, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, it was a you know fantastic goal. But he's got that sort of ability. I know the goal. I know that didn't go in, but he he's got that ability to create something from nothing. You can put it up to him. He can hold the ball up. He gets half a yard, and he'll uh, he'll he'll have a shot and. Um, in recent weeks, that those have just been going in. You know, by his own admission, he doesn't score many goals from outside the box, um, but he has he has scored a few in recent weeks, which you know, which is to his surprise as well. You alluded to Saido Berahino, um, people that listen to the the podcast. I mean, we get I, I get asked about him quite a lot, obviously because of his links. Um, obviously, he was in the Premier League or linked to a move to uh, to Tottenham for for big money earlier on in his career. Um, he was awful in the first half of the season. Absolutely terrible. Like his first touch, he didn't even have one. It was it was terrible. But fair play to him. He's he's scored eight goals this season. Yeah, he's had a hat trick as well. Um, in that six nil drubbing of uh, of Cambridge United, and um, yeah, he's he's another one scored on on Saturday. Um, on the on the face of it, the goal he scored on Saturday looked like it was just a, a bit of a melee in the box. But if you look at it carefully, he's he's picked his time. He's like faint to. To let the you know, defenders drop and and he's put it in the back of the net, so he's got a lot more quality. And, and I hold my hands up. He's you know the eight goals that he has scored this season have uh, have been good. Um, when you say when you ask what's the difference been, I think things are just starting to click now, and it's just that confidence as well. You know, confidence breeds confidence, and and the, especially with that, our home form. You know, you've also got excellent home form. I think you've, we've just pipped you by two points at home. Um, but you know they go out there, and, and you can see they've got that belief that, that it's going to work. And I think that's got to be um, down to Darren Moore, the way that he is, and he's kind of instilled that into the team. You know, they they go goal down, and, and they're not instantly beaten. Whereas in years gone by, went a goal down, and, and that was it. It was it were curtains. We weren't going to come back from that. So uh, yeah, I think it's just more the the morale, other than kind of I, I can't can't say to you there's been a change in formation or style of play. Really, we just kind of carry on how we have been for all uh, throughout the rest of the season, really. I think it's funny. I listened back to the, the podcast that we did earlier in the season. Um, and football is such a funny game. I was like, yep, yeah, Lee Johnson seems all right. Yeah, not doing too bad. I've got a few concerns about him, but not doing too bad. However, Darren Moore doesn't seem to be going down too well with Sheffield Wednesday fans. 
we all know how it ended with Lee Johnson, and it's fair to say Darren Moore obviously um, has maybe silenced one or two of the doubters, but a fan base is always full of different opinions. But I think at the time it would be fair to say they were fairly split on Darren Moore. He hadn't had the greatest of starts, those questions that were legitimate questions that were being asked. How much credit has he put in the bank with the most recent run of results and in, in getting into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think he's turned quite a lot, a lot of heads. I think at the time when we last spoke, you know, around Christmas time, it was probably a 60-40 split in favour of, of Darren Moore. Obviously, those that don't want a certain thing to happen speak a lot loud, you know, talk a lot louder. Um, so you do hear a lot of noise from those. Um, there is still people out there that think Darren Moore's not the man for the job uh, and think that playoffs or getting in the playoffs has been a, a failure. Um, obviously, I know, you know the outcome could still be that we get promoted, but there is people out there that, that do think that, which I think is absolutely crazy. When you look at the fact that uh, obviously he came in you know, the, the, the second half of last season, uh, it was a broken side. You know, we had players like Jordan Rhodes, Kieran Westwood, um, Adam Reach, Tom Lees. All those players aren't here anymore and they were on massive, massive wages and, you know, we, we, we weren't paying the, the players and it was it was a bit, you know, a broken club, really. So to see where we are now, um, having finished fourth in the league, I mean, I actually want to go to games now. I'm not saying I didn't want to go to games before, but a bit kind of what you said on our podcast, really, that we finish a game, you know, we finish a game on Saturday and I'm thinking, is it Friday yet? Because I just want the next game to, to be like right now. I just want to play another game straight away. And that's that's how he's got us feeling. And it's that's down to that's down to the manager, obviously down to the players as well. But he's brought the players in on a, on a well, I say a shoestring. It's not even a shoestring. He didn't have any money to spend whatsoever. So to bring the, the calibre of players in that he has done, which most people say it's, well, I, I would go as far as saying it's a better squad than the one that we had last season in the championship, which is a, a bold claim to make. But, you know, and, and he's brought these in on, on a free. He hasn't paid a penny for, for any of them. You know, a few loan signings here, but, you know, most of them have been on a free transfer. You know, Lee Gregory, who I've already mentioned, George Byers, I mentioned him, they, they were all signed on a free transfer. So, yeah, he's. I think he has turned um, most heads. I think most people are happy with what he's been doing the football's been great we've been scoring loads of goals at the end of the day football's a form of entertainment and we we go to Hillsborough and we we certainly get thoroughly entertained I think one of the big things for me that you're touching up before about the fans and how they felt about uh, Darren Moore and that getting in the playoffs was a, was a failure um, it's funny because I've been looking back at people's predictions including my own which I won't comment on on a podcast that is recorded because it will show how much I know nothing about football um, but a lot of people had Chef Wed 10th, 12th, 8th um, and rightly so as you said a bit of a broken club when you came down so on paper where you're at at the moment say you win the playoffs or you get beaten in the playoffs whatever it may be finishing 4th has it been a better season than you personally expected? Yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, I've also seen those predictions and I think they did the predictions quite early because we signed a lot of players late on in the uh, in the transfer window and also some players after the season had started. Um, we came down and I think we had like 11 contracted players, like first team players when we got relegated or after the kind of list had been released that um, you know, for the players that are, are actually staying. Obviously, you know, we had the likes of Windass, Luongo, Bannon, etc. But, you know, the goalkeeper, Westwood had gone. You know, Jordan Rhodes had gone. Um, 
they were Adam Reach as well. There were lots of players that, that left and didn't leave us with with much at all. Um, and quite a lot of people thought that we'd just go straight through and, and end up in League Two or even you know we weren't even, like I said we weren't pay, paying players either. People there was genuine thoughts that we would go out of existence. Like that's what people actually thought. But then we made all the signings, you know, fifteen signings, um, you know, loans and frees and. After that, people thought we were going to piss the league. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, and and you look at the squad, and it and it it did look really good. The, the like I said, the caliber of players that we brought in was fantastic. So I think the people that like did the predictions just did them a bit too early. Um, to be honest, I think they were you know. But for me, um, I mean, I got called out for it, but I said that a top ten finish, I would be pleased with as long as I see uh, an improvement in the in the way that we play because it was awful last season. I, you know. I'm glad we didn't get to go because of COVID because it would, you know, it would have been hostile. Um, but I just wanted to see an improvement. And if, as long as we, we got that and I could, you know, it took us two seasons to get out of league one. The last two times we were here, it's difficult to go straight back up. I know Rotherham have done that now this season. I think Hull have done it as well. Um, but not many clubs do that. And, you know, if it, if it takes two years to get, to get out, then so be it. But the fact that we've um, finished fourth for me, I think it's been a, a fantastic season and if we don't go up this this year yes it'll be a massive disappointment um but as long as we're seeing that improvement going into the next season there's no reason but the, the, then again expectation next season would have to be automatics like 100 percent. yeah and we know that feeling of expectation every season <laughs> hopefully we know we have any any more um one of the, the big things going back to the game itself on Friday and, and Monday, uh, I think it's a disappointment, certainly from our side. I can imagine it definitely is from Chef Wed's side. And I don't want to quote this, but I'm pretty sure it's a league decision. I could be wrong. Um, there's only 2K tickets seemingly available for away fans, both at Sunderland and at, um, at Chef Wed. Obviously, that doesn't match our demand at all. I'm going to assume that doesn't match anywhere near Chef Wed's either. How have the fans reacted to that? Uh, awful like they've it, it's it's a shocking decision um we could have sold 10,000 tickets for um for that game i know you know you wasn't ever going to give us 10,000 tickets but you know we took um we took nearly 6,000 fans to mk dons um on the bangkok the game that got moved to saturday uh, what what was it 7:45 kickoff on a day where there were no trains and like i said it was on, on the bank holiday weekend after it got moved from the Friday, um, yeah, we, we could have. We, we've got a massive away following, just like yourself. I'm sure. I think you've, you like us, have sold out nearly nearly every single away game this season. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a blow, um, but you know, like I said it does sound like a league decision, which is, you know, strange sure. really, because you know we've. I don't know whether we've given you the the top or the or the bottom tier uh, in our away end, but you know the. We can't really segregate like segregate the away end. It is it is what it is. So as far as I'm concerned, give you the you know I think the away end holds about five and a half thousand. It's like give you the full away end. You give us the same amount of tickets in your in your away end, and and so be it kind of thing. But you know it is what it is. Um, you know you're going to sell like you've said before, probably a sellout on Friday. It's probably going to be close to a sellout for us on Monday as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a a frustrating decision because you know we've got a lot of you'd like to think that coming up against Sunderland it's a big stadium we'd be able to get quite a few tickets um we've got 
it's not going to get to general sale. You know, I don't think it'll, it's only going to be the people that have gone to most games, most away games this season that are going to be able to get a ticket. And there's, there's a lot that are going to miss out that have been to a lot of away games so far this this year. That's one thing in this in this league that you know that, that you, you miss really that you go to in the championship bigger bigger grounds, bigger allocations, more away fans. But yeah, when you go into some grounds and you're only getting twelve hundred tickets, it's it's not great. Yeah, it's a bit of a frustration. Um, I, I don't know if it is a league decision 100%, but the fact that it's 2,000 each uh, and there's rumours of that, I, I mean, I, I can't see either club restricting that to at least 3,000. So it seems it's a disappointing one. It's a shame, but you, you know, as fans, we have to grin and bear it as we do with almost everything always. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm at Centre Parks this weekend, so um, <laughs> it, do you know what? It's fell perfectly. I said that, I mean... It, for those that know, you know, it's Centre Park is in Nottingham, and uh, I was coming back for the game where, which, whichever you know, wherever we finished. Um, but so it's fell all right for me that, that the home leg is on the uh, is on the Monday night. Uh, so yeah, I suppose I wasn't going to be going to Sunderland, whichever way, uh, whichever way you look at it. But uh, um, but yeah, that's that's more on uh, a, a bad part on, on me for the scheduling kind of thing. It was it was going to be the weekend of the playoff final, which obviously we knew the the dates for that. So I put a I put a pin in that early doors and said, no, we can't go away on uh, on that weekend just in case we make it. But you know, you know, you never know. We've got a wedding the day afterwards, so um, see if I make that. Um, <laughs> I've been on a few Chef Wed forums. Oh, before. you haven't, have you? A forum is like Twitter. You can't really judge too much, but it seems the majority of fans are relatively happy that you got us compared to MK Dons and Wickham going to put you on the spot do you feel the same and if so why and if you don't why um to be honest i would i would much prefer to get mk dons in that we've beat them twice so far this season and we've only beat you once and wickham we haven't beat them at all they've beat us once and we've withdrew at our place um the thing is i think i said this on a on another podcast as well you've got to play two of the three teams if you want to get promoted so you know, it it is what it is. I think one one thing is that because we are in such good form, um, I think I think form does go out the window to a certain extent. But all the teams are in good form. It's not like you know. Um, I mean, to be fair, if Rotherham have, would have missed out, I would have said I would have liked Rotherham in the in, in the semi final just purely for the fact that you know they would have been absolutely gutted to have missed out and would probably have a better chance. But you know, the the fact that the, the four teams in the playoffs of the top four form sides, I don't think it really makes much of a difference. I would have preferred to have Sunderland as the as the final, purely from the fact that it'd be two full full sides of Wembley, you know, eighty, ninety thousand there, however much it holds now. Um just purely from that point of view. Um the team that I, I don't want to get is Wickham, to be perfectly honest, just because well, I could I could be here all day talking about the way that they play and and things like that. We got I got called out on our on our podcast for um, for comments that we'd made, and I, I didn't even realise that they have they have a bingo card for um, for the, for the for the fans of the of the teams that they've just played. You know, based on you know things that they say and what have you. So that says it all. Um, yeah, it's going to be in answer to your question. It, I would I would have preferred MK Dons, but I'm not that uh, I'm not that bothered that we're that we're playing. Like I say, we've got to play two of the three. As long as we don't play Wickham, I don't care. 
yeah, I think I, I touched on it before on yours. I think I feel like at some point we're probably going to have to play Chef Wed out of preferred in the final. However, we've been beat off MK Dons. We've beat them once Wickham. I'm similar to you in the same sort of feeling. I do not fancy them anywhere at any time, um, which will give them a lot of joy, but there's reasons for that. Um, I've asked a few people the same question the past few weeks. I suppose this question has more purpose behind it, considering that the games we've played against you and the games were just due to play. But obviously, we lost 3-0 to yourself. That was the worst of Lee Johnson, in my opinion. And we beat you 5-0, which was the best of Lee Johnson, um, in my opinion as well, and, and maybe many other Sunderland fans. He's gone. Alex Neal's come in. We're a bit more pragmatic. You've got to play his home and away again. Are you more fear? Do you more fear Sunderland under Lee Johnson or do you more fear them under Alex Neal? Well, we, we, like I said, we, we played you. you know, we haven't played you with Alex Neal as the manager, so I, it's, it's difficult to to comment on that one. Um, obviously, we played you under Lee Johnson. The things that I take from both of those games, the one that we played you at Hillsborough, we beat you three 0 I think we were more physical. Um, you looked like quite a it was like quite a young side that just couldn't quite handle the physicality. Now we're not really a physical side, to be perfectly honest, and that was a it was a bit of a shock when when we came out and played that way. I can remember Callum Patterson putting some big tackles in early doors. Now you know he he played on the kind of uh, right wing back position that day, which is totally not his position, but I think he did it he did it quite well, and that was mainly because of his physicality that he that he brought to the side, and you know you couldn't really cope with that. Um, but we're a different beast as well in terms of in the terms that we like the time that we play. When you beat us five nil, I think I've kind of removed that game from memory. Not just because it was a five nil defeat, but it, it had no real relevance. We 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 had a lot of players out with COVID. I think we'd not played for a couple of weeks. You could clearly see that they weren't performing at the levels that were that they were before. And I can't say who had it and who didn't because that were never released. But you could certainly see that that some people that were playing were feeling the effects of that. Um, or it certainly looked that way as well. You know, Shea Dunkley went off injured early doors. I think he was at fault for one of the goals and he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have played. He'd come back from injury and then subsequently went off injured as well. So there were a lot of mistakes that day and we just totally weren't at the races. Um, one thing, you know, it's hard to take anything from those those two games because of how much things have changed. Like I said, where it took, you know, the, since um, I think we lost the Shrewsbury the game after, which was, even worse than the five nil. You know, it sounds silly to say that, but you know, one nil away to Shrewsbury was we didn't create one chance that game. Um, but then after that, we've we've only lost four games since then, and you know, the best home record in the in the league and what have you. Um, so yeah, you, you're also up there and what, and what have you. It's, it's it's difficult to like I said to take anything from that, and because we haven't played you under um, under your new manager, I, I can't really say what what it's like. Only thing. I, can say is, I hope you don't score a last-minute goal because you've seen to, seem to have a knack of doing that over uh, in recent weeks. Much to the annoyance of of everyone, you know. I think we've scored a few late goals, but I don't know if you're like me, but you, you check the check the scores and the results, and mm-hmm. you know, full-time whistle goals. You have a look and go, oh, Sunderland have drawn, and then you you know you get out of the ground and no, oh, they've won. <laughs> it's uh, it's not good for the heart, but it's. Quite good for the soul. I think I said that the other week. Bad for the heart, good for the soul. Last time we, we played, yeah, obviously, Ross Stewart, I think, got a hat-rick. I think got one taken off him. Um, that day I could be wrong, but um, to my memory, he scored a hat-rick. I think Callum Doyle got one. And There was one player that scored that had never scored before, ever, I think, as well. Yeah, I think it was Doyle. I think it was, was it Doyle. Doyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that always happens against us. You know, if 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 you've got if you've got a player that's out of form, or they've never scored, or they're on a debut, or anything like that, they, they're, they're nailed on to score against us. I couldn't I couldn't quite remember who scored the other one, but the, the point I was making I think was going to be that I was um it was Benji Kimbiopa, of course, who's now left and disappeared. You might have meant him as well. Uh, Bros Stewart was the main man that day in paper. Um, got a hat rig, I think. If I if I, if I if I'm correct, I can't remember if you got one taken off. I don't think he did actually. Um, but which of the players that you fear from a Sunderland perspective? I know it's been a while since we've played, but just from what you've seen of us in the on quest and the highlights, who are the players that you think could damage you? Yeah, I, I mean, I must, I must admit, I've not watched a, a great deal. Obviously, Stewart is the one that that sticks out like a sore thumb just because of the amount of goals that he's actually scored. I know he's not been quite on form in in recent weeks, but you know he's. He's one that certainly, um, you know, you don't score how many goals? You scored 24, 26 goals, something like that. You don't score that many goals with, you know, by being a bad player. Do you know what I mean, he's, he's obviously certainly got an eye for goal, and and uh, you know, form could change at any any time. Um, obviously, Broadhead is another one that's uh, that's an obvious one, and the fact that you spoke about him, you know, potentially being injured this this weekend is a bit of a relief for us because um, he has been firing all cylinders. Obviously, got the the winner in your last game as well. Um, I mean, there's, there's players like um, Gooch as well. I think's been been good for you. Um, O'Neill, he's played in various positions. Um, a solid player. Interesting to come up against Danny Bart. Obviously, from uh, he, we, we reported that we're in to sign him in January. Obviously, you you pipped us to the post on that one. But obviously, uh, he was in the 2012 team. Um, for us when we got promoted last time out of League One. That. So uh so yeah that'll be you know good to come up against him. I know he had an absolute shocker in his first game. that was that the six nil against Bolton, I think it's second think. game. He got man of the match and then scored a fantastic one goal at Bolton, had an absolute shocker and then got injured. And as only yeah, we, recently came back. Yeah, we were um we were mightily disappointed that we'd not, you know, secured the signing of him and in the end we actually um we signed Jordan Story as well and Harley Dean who have have, have not done too bad and but yeah to see a ship six in in, in his second game we were we were kind of a bit uh, a bit relieved on that one uh, not saying it was all down to him but but yeah I mean you have got some you know fantastic plays it's mainly the, your, your firepower that we're that we're that we're worried about if um, if I'm being truthful. I've only given the prediction, and I know you're going to be the same as me. I give the prediction on your podcast, so I might as well get mine out of the way. I think I said 2-1 at home. No, 3-1 at home, and then would get beat 1-0 away. I'll be honest to the people listening, the norm bad at predictions anyway, so I don't think it really matters. But um, I think I've got five right this season, which is horrific. Better than last season, which was only four, but nonetheless. Um, I'm not going to bet against something that I can't. I just can't. So I feel a lot of it's with my head, sorry, with my heart rather than my head. Are you going to go the same way, heart over head, or you got a bit more confidence whether the heart and the head align a little bit? Yeah, I mean, like you, I've I've got to back us really. Like I said, the form that we're in and what have you. You're really good at home. Where you know, we're also equally as good at home, slightly better. Um, the way I see it is, we just. I don't think the game can be won in the first leg, but you can certainly make it difficult for yourself if you if you go a couple of goals behind. I think the main thing for us is. I don't want us to go in there defensively. I don't want us to kind of be too afraid or or, or go you know be too cagey because that's not how we play. You know, we, we're better on the front foot. Um, we do play better against the better quote unquote sides in the in the division. So um, 
the fact that we're in the playoffs and playing yourself is certainly going to be a, a good game. Um, I wouldn't be too disappointed if we if we came away with a draw. I mean, even a one nil defeat in the in the in the first leg isn't going to be a catastrophe. Um, the way I see it, I think I think it's going to be a one one in the in the home leg. If I'm being honest, uh, and then when we take you to ours. I think we're going to probably beat you two one in the uh, in the uh, in the second leg. So yeah, just uh, it's going to be close either way. Um, it's certainly going to be you know squeaky bum time. I think for, uh, for for most fans to be honest, and I think it's just a case of let's not get you know let's not humiliate ourselves in that in that first leg. Um, obviously, you'll have all the fans behind you in in the home leg. We're going to be equally the same uh, when when we take you to Hillsborough. So we just need to still be in it. And when we take you to Hillsborough, I mean, we, we spoke earlier as well. Yeah, I know you mentioned having a, you know, three-one uh, lead, a, a two-goal um, advantage could be quite difficult. Because how do you, how do you come out and defend a two-goal lead? Do you defend or do you do you go out all attack? And if the other team gets a goal, then it could certainly be, like I said, squeaky bum time for for the team that's trying to hold on, and and the other team could be well in the ascendancy. But yeah, it's um, one thing's for sure. It's certainly going to be an exciting game. I can't wait. Um, I just want it to be Friday now, and then and then and then and then the game on Monday. So um, I've got my ticket for Monday. I'll be I'll be there definitely. Feels like um, feels like it's going to be really tight, and I've gone for three one. Shit. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, um, obviously the Sunderland fans that are lucky enough to be going down to Hillsborough, I'll not be one of them, unfortunately. Um, because I'm a massive unloyal idiot. Now I'm just skint. Um, if I'm completely honest, and have to save the money for Wembley. Fingers crossed. Um, but I will be there on Friday along with a load of Sunderland fans. If you can't make it, that's absolutely fine. Shout to your telly. We can hear you. It'll be fine. And everyone that's there, continue to get behind the lads on Friday. But um, James, thanks as always for joining. I really, really hope your appearance that you had last time, which resulted in a 5 no win for us, repeats itself. You obviously don't. But um, if people want to listen to your reaction, say that we do win 5 nil again, where would we be able to find it? Yeah, so it's the, the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Um, find us on all the major podcasting platforms. We're also on Twitter as well. It's at WTID pod. So you can uh, send them send us some uh, abusive messages or whatever everyone else does on uh, on Twitter. I, I must say as well, since um, since it was obviously since Saturday and it was obviously uh, announced that we are playing each other and what have you, there's been a lot of... Uh, lot of love between both uh, both clubs which has been nice to see you know uh, it sounds like quite a lot of Sunderland fans are, are happy that um, that the playing is and, and equally so where where the same it'll certainly be a, a decent atmosphere and and those that if you if you do you know have a look on Twitter and followers and there's a, there's a video of, of everyone um, queuing up outside the ticket office we do have internet in Sheffield just to um, just, just, to, just to put that rumor to bed. Uh, there was an issue with the online ticketing uh, system. So, you know, if you looked at the average age of the people that were queuing up, you'll know exactly what I mean. But, uh, but yeah, just, we we do have internet and it is quite fast as well. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, James. Thanks for joining. Cheers. Cheers, Graham. Thank you, mate. Bye.